0: Let's continue the book of 2nd Timothy. We move into the second chapter this morning. The Moravian Christians, which really had a big effect on John Wesley. One of the things Wesley, when he was traveling over the Atlantic Ocean on an ocean liner, is, is he watched the Moravian believers. And they had a, a joy in their Christianity that he realized he didn't have. He was missing something. And out of their experience, he, he committed his life to Christ and drew closer to his Lord. But the Moravians, they have a Moravian covenant uh, for Christian living. Let me just read part of it. In part of it, it says, we deem it a sacred responsibility and genuine opportunity to be faithful stewards of all God has entrusted us, our time, our talents, and our financial resources. We view, view all of life as a sacred trust to be used wisely and that's kind of what we're going to focus on in in being a steward as we look at these opening verses a steward is a person who has responsibility to manage the property possessions and servants of another Uh, they don't really own it but they manage it and they've been given that trust they're a steward when we look at the parables of jesus many times he will talk about And teach our stewardship of our resources and our uh, time everything that God has given us how we're to manage it our lives and our wealth for him Timothy was a steward so let's take a look at our two verses and see what Paul says with this responsibility in mind so stand with me as we read God's Word All right, second Timothy, second chapter, verses one and two. And here Paul says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you how much you have blessed us with. Uh, Each one here, Lord, your blessing uh, of hand has been upon us. And Lord, help us as we look at all, that we realize first you've given us everything, that you own everything, that we belong to you. And Lord, help us to serve you wisely, generously in all that we do, uh, realizing you're the master. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, Paul is commanding Timothy to have some certain actions in his life that that will bring success to his stewardship. And the first one we see in verse 1 is that he tells Timothy, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, John Phillips, he says stewardship requires resolve and if you notice paul says to timothy be strong and that word strong means literally to be strong within it has the thought of strength of soul and and purpose in fact it's the word used of to describe paul in acts chapter 9 in verse 22 remember in acts chapter 9 paul is saved he meets jesus christ on the damascus road And very quickly after that experience uh, Paul will begin to preach Jesus really very quickly and in verse 22 of Acts 9 it says but Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus proving that this is very Christ so he was strong he increased in strength in fact his resolve and strength is so firm that in the very next verse in the book of acts it tell, luke tells us the jews took counsel to kill him they saw that he was growing stronger and stronger that he could not be sidetracked and that he's going to continue preaching jesus and so they tried to do a in. and paul wanted to see this resolve that he had in timothy thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy served in difficult times. Uh, he had not the easiest place in Ephesus to serve. And ta- Paul is telling him to be strong. It was not a time for weakness. I always liked the quote by Francis Schaeffer, and he said this about 30 years ago. He says, this is not an age in which to be a soft Christian How much more is that true today? How much more as the Lord's return approaches is that going to become even more true? Not a time to be a soft Christian. Now, what's interesting is we don't get this strength by ourselves. It's not up to us. It comes from Christ and His grace. Uh, Now, that Moravian Covenant, let me go to another part of it. It continues. It says, living the Christian life depends not only on our own effort, but upon God our Father, who in Jesus Christ accepts us as heirs of God and strengthens and sustains us. So we're not left alone to be strong this way. Christ helps us. He gives us strength. Strong here in 2 Timothy is what we call in the passive sense. And that means that Timothy's strength is not not residing in himself. It is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So in other words, we could word verse 1. Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, be strong by the means of the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that's the exciting part of a Christian. We are saved solely by the grace of God through faith. Not of ourselves. It's God's gift. The other aspect is we are kept saved by the grace of God who continues to uh, forgive our sins and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, when we get saved, we don't live a perfect life, do we? When we get baptized, we don't live a perfect life. It's a picture of what God's grace has done in Christ. And he continues to forgive us and and cleanse us and keeps us saved. I always like what Dr. John MacArthur says. If we could lose our salvation, we would. Nobody get there. So Paul encourages Timothy. Timothy, be strong in the grace of Christ. And we see that kind of written through many of his letters. Uh, To the Ephesians, he will write in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6, he will tell them, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice he didn't say to them, be strong in your own strength go to the gym and buck up no he says be strong in the Lord and his strength that's where it's at and then he tells those Ephesians here's how you do it you put on the whole armor of God you see God has supplied everything we need to stand against the wiles of the devil to stand in our time our age he gives us the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith to take up, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, God's Word, and prayer. You see, the grace of Christ provides everything we need, including strength. That's why Paul told the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he does Kenneth Wiest a, a marvelous Greek scholar I love what he says about God's superabounding grace and he compares it to the Sun you really we, we take the Sun and how much of the Sun's energy light and heat really touches our planet it's a pretty small amount i mean it's just a huge uh thing star out there generating mammoth amounts of energy and only a little bit of it touches the earth rest of it just goes off out into space he, he said god's grace is like that. It's just uh, infinitely big but let me read what he writes He says, there's enough grace in God's heart of love to save and keep saved for time and eternity every sinner that ever has or ever will live and then enough left over to save a million more universes full of sinners were there such and then some more. But he didn't quit there. He said, there's enough grace available to give every saint constant victory over sin. And then some more. There's enough grace to meet and cope with all the sorrows, heartaches, difficulties, temptations, testings, trials of human existence. And more added to that. God's salvation is an oversized salvation. It is shockproof, strainproof, unbreakable, all-sufficient it's equal to every emergency it flows from the heart of an infinite god freely bestowed righteously given through the all-sufficient sacrifice of our lord on the cross salvation is all of grace trust god's grace it is super abounding grace no wonder paul said to timothy be strong by the means of grace in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, every worship service is interesting. Everyone, uh, every worship service is, is different. I, I like to show up to see what, how different it's going to be and what God's going to do. Uh, last Sunday night I, I think our service kind of changed when one song was requested uh, Lydia requested the wonderful grace of Jesus and that was a powerful song now I, I, I wanna we're gonna say it hopefully next Sunday but we need miss Leilani well uh, so she can be on our team and help us lead that did you tell her to get well John yes. okay yes. I, I, but wonderful grace of Jesus uh, I love that opening verse wonderful grace of Jesus greater than all my sin how shall my tongue describe it where shall its praise begin taking away my burden setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus deeper than the rolling mighty rolling sea higher than the mountain sparkling like a fountain. All sufficient grace for even me. Broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. O magnify the precious name of Jesus, praise His name. What a song! <coughs> and to Timothy, Paul says, "Be strong in the grace." Of Christ. So, as a steward, be strong in grace. Next, verse two Be faithful with the gospel. Paul says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Now, a whole lot is contained in that word, things, that Timothy heard from Paul. Things includes the theology of the entire New Testament, that's all included. And Timothy heard, as John Phillips puts it, the monumental truths of the gospel from the very lips of Paul himself. And not only him, but many other witnesses. But you think of Paul, a brilliant grasp of the Old Testament scriptures. He was a Pharisee. He knew it inside out. Personally encountered Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road, taught, led, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He was always centered on the gospel. Uh, turn back to 1 Corinthians 15, his letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, he, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, lest ye believed in vain. And then here it is. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And then he goes on to list all those who saw the resurrected Christ. Turn back to chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. In chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God And, and he wrote to the Romans I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it's the power of God to salvation and look at Galatians chapter 1. What Paul said, I think that's right after 2 Corinthians. In Galatians 1, Paul, well, he just clubs the Galatians really hard here. So what he does, he gets out his two-by-four and whacks him. In, in verse 6 of 1, he says, I marvel that ye so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel than unto you, then what that ye have received let him be accursed for do i now persuade men or god or do i seek to please men? he just wanted to please christ and stayed with the gospel so as we go back to timothy timothy soaked all this in being with paul uh, when these things were written and spoken paul is his mentor we see that in verse two or verse one thou therefore my son we see it back the first chapter uh, verse two there my timothy my dearly beloved son you see timothy had the gospel shared with him and timothy had the gospel taught to him and now he is told to hold fast to the gospel the faith and teach it to others that they may teach others. He had been entrusted with that. What Paul had been to Timothy, Timothy is now to be to others. William Barclay says, it's not only a privilege to receive the Christian faith, it is a duty to transmit it. And Paul says here that the gospel, the faith, needs to be transmitted to faithful men who in turn will teach it to others. And Barclay observes, he says, think about it. The Christian church is dependent on an unbroken chain of teachers. What does it mean to be one of those faithful men? That word faithful, pistos, it's a rich word. To be a faithful man like this is to be a man who is believing. It is to be a man who is loyal. It is to be a man who is reliable. And Paul says, teach it to those kind of people, those kind of men. That they may teach others. Uh, Faulkner, he says, These believing men are such that they will yield neither to persecution nor to error. So the teacher's heart has to be stayed on Christ. A heart so fixed on Christ that no threat of danger would sidetrack his loyalty, that no seduction of false teaching would cause him to wander off. They're to be steadfast in life and in thought. And I'm thankful for our faithful teachers we have here. We need every faithful teacher we can get. Vital task, and our teachers do a great job. William Barclay says, the teacher is a link in the living chain which stretches unbroken from the present moment back to jesus christ the glory of teaching is that it links the present with the earthly life of jesus christ that's what's taking place right now as a teacher and preacher we are linking i am now linking back to christ and all those have taught between Christ and myself I am thankful for the living links in my life who shared the gospel and our challenge is be the living link that shares the gospel with others continue it I'm thankful for my parents who were a primary link teaching me the gospel thankful for my pastor that I grew up under Frank Barnes taught me the gospel thankful for my professors dr. tong dr. Roy fish dr. Hendricks and others who taught me the gospel thankful for my director of missions Don Lang taught me the gospel. But it all traces back to 1924 in the plains of North Dakota when, there in the hot summer during the time of harvest, an evangelist came through and had a two week revival. Two weeks. 1924 and a 17-year-old girl gave her life to Christ and her future husband did the same. My grandparents Margaret and Ed Schmaltz. You see do those commitments mean something? They mean everything. She's the one I can trace my link back that far. I don't know who the evangelist was. He's part of it. And whoever taught him and shared the gospel. But well over 90 years later, her commitment, her link and what she did in her family, my grandfather, carries on. those commitments mean everything be the link where you're at I'm gonna bring our team back up Jonathan and Sarah Erica. Mm -hmm. maybe this morning you need God's grace for whatever it is, you know, grace, uh, grace to save us, grace to walk with us through every moment. It's there. And maybe God has challenged us to stand up and be that link. Teach and share the gospel to others. Be faithful. Be that steward. Jesus paid it all. Let's stand as we sing. There, you come.